Greetings, and welcome to the Thirsty Mage, the podcast that asks you to master the tolerance materia before you try any of the beers we recommend. Or discuss Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, have to, I have to give props out to Jordan. That was a, He came up with the line this week. It's a pretty good line. So It's a good line. I'm your host, David Lloyd, and yes, we're going from one square remake right into the next with a discussion on the other game that came out in April, Trials of Mana. Joining us tonight is a gentleman who's still trying to find the little cactus, though. He's NWR Reviews Editor, Jordan Rudick. Yeah, that uh, he's definitely one uh, slick little bastard. So uh, you find him 50 times in the game and you get some kind of item. And I am genuinely curious what you get some kind of ring. I am genuinely curious what that ring does, but I'm going to wait for someone else to post online to find it. I, uh, I, I don't have the patience to find him in every area. So yeah, maybe maybe back when we were younger, we had the time and uh, inclination to do stuff like that but uh, now it's now we just wait for others on the internet to do it i mean if if i felt like i needed that item to make some kind of progress in the game or to overcome a challenge or a difficulty a trial as it were uh then maybe i'd go and try to find little cactus but uh i, I think genu- genuinely the game is pretty easy easy even on hard mode so uh and i'm not just bragging i think a lot everyone on my my youtube uh comments for uh, the uh, two trials of mana videos that i did they all said oh yeah even on hard mode super easy i'm like oh, okay no need to find a little cactus then you can stay in <laughs> exactly and uh running out the panel tonight is a gentleman i think who shares my opinions about trial of mana being the clear standout for the franchise nwr owner neil ronahan i think it was what it was like three episodes ago when we were talking about rpgs that we are never gonna try playing again <laughs> and mine was secret of mana yeah. um I think Trials of Mana is the only Mana game that I unabashedly like. I'm not even going to say love, although I really... I, I think the remake is really nice and sweet. Have you played, other than the like kind of the original three or the first three, what other ones have you played? Uh, hold on. I need to look at the list of them because all of the names sound the they same do, to me. Uh, I've played Adventure, okay. um, which is... It's it's fine. Like, it's an, it's an old it's fine. game. Yeah, it's fine. Um. Uh, I've played Secret of Mana, and I do not like that. I never played Legend. I think Sword of Mana was the one that I played. Yes, I played Sword of Mana. Um, and it was, once again, it was okay. That was, okay, yeah, that was a remake of the first one. It's like, it's it's a game that I'm always, it's a series that I've always been kind of interested in. Especially, there is that, uh, hold on, I need to, I need to see. Because then there was Children of Mana, which that was, that was actually published by Nintendo. Oh, really? Okay. Apparently, uh, in, in North America. Like, that was an RPG that is, yeah, follows young heroes. Dawn of Mana is the PS2 one. And then Heroes of Mana is the one that's an RTS that I didn't know it was an RTS. And I am infinitely more interested in what the hell Heroes of Mana is. Um, It's also got a Yoko Shimamura soundtrack. Okay, hang on. So And it's ri- and a script written by Masato Kato. So stop. Like, how- Add, David, add it to the schedule. We're playing <laughs> Heroes of Mana. We're, we're we're finding yeah. some time to carve that out. What console is that for? I know we we mentioned this. Before. It is a DS okay. game. Okay. I'm I feel like I also mentioned this. On I think so too. Yeah, I, think so. I just forgot. I'm getting hardcore deja vu yeah. because that's when I discovered that this is just an RTS. Uh, Brownie Brown worked on it. They're now owned by Nintendo. Uh, they are now One Up Studio. They uh, help out and assist with Mario games primarily. They also develop Mother Three. Yeah, like are, are we gonna have to find Heroes of Mana? Uh, I, I think David's gonna pull a, he's gonna David's gonna pull out a PSP copy somehow in about five minutes. Yeah, so. yeah that's just, uh, <laughs> just, just a little time. Is pick up store, pick up at stores unavailable. Come on, send it to me. I don't know if we played a true DS game for this podcast yet. 
no, maybe not. I I bought a bunch uh, at the uh, Black Friday Square that's that uh, Square Enix had. I, I don't know that we'd ever play any of them. Hang on, I gotta I'm gonna see what I got here. Because I, I like one of our early episodes was uh, Radiant Historia, but the the version we played was the 3DS one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so we've I think we've played games that maybe were on DS at some point, but not necessarily that version. Um, yeah, somebody might so have played I, Chrono Trigger on their DS. I I I did, but that was before I started I started coming on the episodes. Yeah, I, I might have even played it around that time when you guys did the episode. Um, so I've got. Two Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles games, Echoes of Time and Rings of Fate. Uh, Ring of Fates, sorry. I don't know if I don't know if any of those. Probably not. Uh, but they were like <laughs> between in I think five... I played one of it's once again yeah. all those names are the damn same. Yeah. I played one of them. I don't know which one. <laughs> I I I I'm kind of curious to play. I'm going to play one of these around the time when uh the Switch uh Crystal Chronicles game finally comes out just for just for the sake of comparison. Dragon Quest Monsters Joker. I don't know if that... I've heard of that game, but I don't know. Again, all of these games were like 5 to 10 bucks. Uh, Front Mission for DS. Chocobo Tales. You know the one we started? We started to play Dragon Quest V. That's right, yeah, yeah. Oh, that game rules. So, yeah. And then... Yo, let me know when you're doing Dragon Quest V. I'm down. <laughs> we, we started... It must have been a year or more A year or more now, I think. I think it was more than a year, yeah. <laughs> I remember starting it and uh, getting partway through, and then, I don't know, we just... It, fell off the rails i guess or other things came up i suppose uh so maybe, maybe we that's just uh, filled we have a up couple the schedule options. with other games so yeah 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 maybe a ds games in the cards all right i just bought heroes of mana it should be coming this week <laughs> jeez okay I'll, I'll i'll look for it i i am curious about this now too so. yeah i don't know if it's going to be any good but i'm i'm curious enough because especially because it it checks two boxes for me uh masato kato and yokoshimamura so if if nothing else, yeah, you know the soundtrack and the story are probably going to be pretty good. So, even if the gameplay is garbage, <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, it, it, I guess yeah, yeah. You know what? I, I'll even if it's just me, like having a fifteen minute segment on an episode, being like, "Heroes of Mana actually sucks, and we should never talk about it again." <laughs> <laughs> I'll report back because I've just committed. Um, oh, it's apparently explicitly set as a prequel to Trials of Mana. Depicting battles between the nations present in that game. That's pretty neat. That's it. It's set one generation prior. This is fascinating. I mean, I, I'm interested um, in the idea that, like, okay, I think people are very familiar with the first three mana games. Like, you, you've played, probably, you've, you've played Adventure, you've played Sword, uh, sorry, Secret, or you've played Trials at some at some point, I think. And now that there's all these games that are, they're in the franchise, in the series, but they're very, very much lesser known, it feels like. And you might have play them without even realizing their connection to everything so now it's kind of like looking looking back at these games seeing where they fit in okay are any of these spin-offs actually worth playing or prequels sequels whatever they are outside of the original three and it is weird because just mana as a series in general i mean you have that like the the, the 90s trilogy for i mean i know legend of mana the ps1 game also came out in the 90s yeah. but you have like that core trilogy of uh adventure final fantasy adventure adventure of mana secret and trials mm -hmm. And then you kind of just have, like, they're wandering in the wilderness for about a decade. Yeah. And then it was around the same time when, I think it was before, I think it was before Fabula Nova Crystallis, but after the compilation of Final Fantasy VII. Uh, weirdly relevant to, to modern day, because um, the compilation of Final Fantasy VII never ended, apparently. We're not getting into it again, Neil. But uh, they announced the, the World of Mana. Because um, there's, it's basically... 
uh, Children of Mana, Friends of Mana, which I don't even know what the crap that no is. It sounds like a Harvest Moon um, game. Pr- it's probably a mobile mm, game. Yeah. Um, that's that's my guess. But so there was Children of Mana, Friends of Mana, Dawn of Mana, Heroes of Mana. Uh, came out in a two-year span in 2006 to 2007. So there was kind of this big effort for Square to kind of... that They, they wanted, I believe, bringing up the Wikipedia page here, uh, the term polymorphic content, which I don't think actually means anything, but the intention of that is like, you know, merging video games, movies. Okay. It's, you know, what they did with the compilation of Final Fantasy VII, where they had Advent Children. They had the... What was that? A phone game before Crisis. You had Dirge of Cerberus. You had Crisis Core. You had all that stuff. So what, what's, uh, the, what's, with, the, what's the Mana movie then? Like, what's the movie or what's the TV show in that franchise? Maybe like? that's Friends of Mana. Okay. <laughs> okay. Not saying it was effective. I'm just saying it happened. Yeah. Sure. If you're using polymorphic as an adjective, I don't know that that's ever going to be effective, but sure, it exists. I, I don't know what the hell Friends of Mana is. But anyway. I, I can hear David chugging his beer right now, <laughs> so we should probably get to the beer discussion before he forgets what he's was. A, okay, drinking. okay. Just... just Clarifying, Friends of Mana was yes. a mobile game. <laughs> Even David, get another beer. It actually We're mobile games. It's okay, Jordan. I'm just going through my PSP collection. <laughs> Here's the crazy I, thing. I figured as Apparently, much. it like operated for five years. <laughs> like, um, Jeez. Okay. Anyway, anyway, um, must have been must have been Japan only. Gotta right? get a follow this up, but it's but it's weird because Mana Mana is a series that does have that that you know historic appeal. You know, Secret of Mana is seen as, you know, in America as one of the best Super Nintendo games. It was on the Super Nintendo Classic. Now, I fundamentally disagree with that game being good. However, uh, the importance of it can't be understated. And it is weird that, like, that series basically just, like, disappeared twice. Because then after this World of Mana thing, there's nothing for years until uh, they started remaking the original trilogy, which is now that brings us to today. And it's funny, like, they, they never put out an original game in hd right as soon as we hit the hd generation they started doing remakes of games right so they, they remade the original three we're finally at trials of mana are we going to get are they is there going to be a new game in this series at some point maybe with the new console generations coming maybe it'll be a switch game i don't know maybe it depends on this maybe it depends on the success of this remake this this recent one because i don't think the previous two remakes uh adventure of mana and secret uh, did very well. I think they were, uh, at least critically, they were seen as quite inferior, maybe even to the original game. So, uh, or they didn't do enough to justify the, them being I think, remakes. I think that's driven with Trials. Trials of Mana, I think the remake really does justify yeah. itself. But uh, hopefully that generates some momentum for the series, right? Maybe brings more people back into it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that Secret of Mana remake is soundly uh, panned. Um, I was actually yeah. interested in it in the same way that I was Me interested too. in Trials. Um, and yeah. then when I talked to a lot of people who played it and they said like don't don't bother <laughs> like whether you liked the original version or didn't like the original version this is not a good video game um whereas trials i, mean, I feel is, yeah. is the opposite of that i mean you you take one look at those the first two remakes and you can tell there's not a lot of attention to detail like they, they look really really plain and basic and as if there just wasn't wasn't that much thought it's just like let, let's do the most bare bones type of remake we can do right Mo- in moving uh from 2d games to 3d games and that that was it but this one i think yeah, there's definitely a lot more TLC in the Trials remake for sure, which which we'll get into uh, yeah. soon. Yeah. Okay, David. So, what PSP or beer do you have uh, for us tonight? <laughs> well, I uh, I stuck with uh, you know it's still we're still with Square here, so I stuck with the Gainsburg again. I'm going uh, three for three <laughs> on the local brewery, but this time instead of uh, I went with the Orange Tie Wrap. This is uh, uh, an 
a low, it's 7.5 IPA that uh, has a little orange zest to it. I thought uh, we're getting really, I, I, I think most of the world, or at least uh, people more down south for me are experiencing spring a little early. But where I live, this this is pretty much spring. It's just starting. Uh, the sun's out. It's uh, it felt like a, a good time to have a light uh, a light beer. So stuck with the same uh, producer, but uh, had something just a little bit lighter. It's kind of kind of the way I saw the uh, Trials of Mana remake compared to the Final Fantasy VII remake. It's uh, it's all from Square, but it's just a, it's a little bit uh, rosier, a little bit lighter kind of game. So yeah, definitely a brighter color palette used than the, <laughs> yeah, anything right. we see in in Midgar, right? So yeah, yeah. How about yourself? Uh, so I'm, I'm not, uh, on brand for the show, uh, much to the chagrin of the, uh, gentleman, uh, well, I, sh- I don't Redfield. know if he's a man, actually, uh, Redfield uh, in the discord chat, which I saw, I saw that conversation happening. Uh, so I'm going to disappoint them, but, um, uh, I do have something orange, which ties into what you are drinking, David, and that's a, an orange vanilla Coke. Um, so I was, uh, at the gas, I, I stopped by the gas station just to get uh, a few soda you tried to look for Dr. Way. Pepper cream soda, didn't you? I, I, I don't e- I don't even look anymore. I know it's never going to be there. <laughs> and I, you know, just forever disappointed by that. But if I see something, you know, a little bit out of the ordinary, I'll, I'll, I'll take a dive. I think I've had orange vanilla Coke before, but it's probably been a long time. And I kind of forgot what it tasted so like. It, so I think it was a year and a half ago. It, it came out bizarrely, uh, it was like a big thing during the NCAA men's basketball tournament. Mm. I think it was, right. it was either 2019 or 2018. Yeah. And I, I don't remember the same kind of fanfare for the, for that being released here. Uh, it, it, you know, it, uh, in terms of, you know, video games, it probably got shadow dropped into the Canadian market <laughs> because they don't, they don't ever, they don't ever make any big deal about news, new sodas here. They just kind of show up in the store. And then like, y- you know, you might see an American commercial for it at some point. They'd be like, Oh, do we have that here? And half the time it's no, like the aforementioned Dr. Pepper. But um, yeah, the orange vanilla Coke, like I, I again, I don't remember uh, if I liked it or not. I, I, I do believe I had it, but I, I don't, I don't think I'd love it. It tastes it's weird, weirdly medicine. So, and I, so I, I don't know if it works. I, I bizarrely uh, had a conversation with my dad getting deep into soda flavors <laughs> earlier today. Let, let's get let's get him on the podcast for soda <laughs> chat. Like he, um, he's gonna so, be our uh, my parents, uh, I guess like like sl- slight reason for why I was in, over my parents in the stay at home order. Uh, they got mulch, and my parents also mm, have a pool. Okay. And my dad needed help getting the uh, the pool cover, like the winter pool cover, off the pool. Um, mm. because when I am allowed out of my house more regularly, I'm going in that damn pool. Um, yeah. but so I was over there, you know, properly wearing my mask and everything and keeping my distance. But I had mentioned to my dad about like, oh yeah, Dr. Pepper and soda. He's like, you got some, I'd like to try it. So I brought a bottle over because I'm still, still hoarding it whenever I see it. Um, and he had it and he, he said like, you know, it's, it, it's got a hard Dr. Pepper, um, like a, it taste at first and then it has a nice cream mm-hmm. soda aftertaste. But then we started talking about orange vanilla Coke. And he echoed my same disappointment with it, which is I'm a I'm a huge fan of vanilla Coke, but I feel like that orange vanilla Coke kind of I wish it was more of a creamsicle than yeah. because I feel like the orange and the vanilla are almost at odds with each other in that soda. What I what I think might even be a better way forward is when you get those uh, mach- those uh, soda machines where you get to put in the flavors yourself, right? Like at the movie theater or some restaurant or some fast food places or a convenience store. I think the orange vanilla from those machines might be sweeter. Yeah. But in a bottle form, or a, so I, I bought balls. I guess you'd probably find it in cans too. 
in this form, it's yeah, it's very. It's just not that sweet. You, you get a strong flavor, but again, it, to me, it tasted a little bit like medicine, and I did. I just didn't love it. But I, I think I've maybe had it in a movie theater setting before and enjoyed it more that way. But uh, yeah, definitely a different taste there. There's a part of me that almost wants to try like an orange soda mixed with a cream soda. If I'm ever, if mm. I ever go to a movie theater again after all this, uh, maybe yeah, I'll, I'll right, go to the yeah. Coke Freestyle machine at the uh, the Amazon AMC theaters and uh, and try it out. If it takes me building a pool, Neil, to get you up here to give me some of those Dr. Peppers, like I'll, I'm, re- I'm prepared to do it. It might be a kiddie pool, but hopefully that'll suffice. I think that soda would have to be ha- would have to cost about thirty five dollars uh, if the cinemas <laughs> want to stay open after all. Yeah. This. Oh, that honestly, I think that's yeah, part that's of it. Actually, if that's not far <laughs> If you're going to cut the number of seats in half, then you got to yeah. make up the difference somewhere, yeah, I, uh... right? Like. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've been thinking about this more often, and, and it's why um, at some point in the next couple months, I'm probably going to buy a bigger TV. Um, it's because oh, that's a good call. I don't yeah. think I'm, I am I can't see a future where I go to the movies anytime soon, and that really bums me out. I love going to the movies. I, I got to say, uh, speaking of bigger TVs, like I've had a 55-inch TV for a little while now. I don't need a bigger one, but what I'm really appreciating is um, I've been watching the Michael Jordan documentary, uh, The Last Dance on yeah. Netflix, and it's it's, it's in 4K, good. and man, is it it's it's just gorgeous. Like seeing some of those old shots and the just the people getting interviewed all in 4K, like it's it's really great. Like I I really like 4K. Like I came up playing Final Fantasy VII Remake in 4K, and when when you go back to HD from 4K, I'm starting to notice it more. I I didn't think I'd be like one of those people who'd be like, oh, you know, uh, it's it's basically the same. Yeah, I know. Like when you, the more 4K you see, I think maybe the more used to that fidelity you you get, and uh, uh, then going back, it's a little bit different. So, uh, you know, what I'm saying is, bring on the next generation of consoles. I guess <laughs> I don't know. And the and uh, Nintendo platforms will get there in about 2030. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> if if that, you know, it, it's really a race to see if they'll hit 4K first or a workable internet solution. I don't know. I think you're more likely that they'll try to convince you that 4K is uh, is not necessary. The only the only 4K you're gonna get from Nintendo is the letters or the number four and the letter K in your friend code. I think <laughs> that's right. That's about it. Neil, did you have a specific drink? I know we you just were piggybacking off my. Um, I I'm, I'm, there, I'm actually I have a beer. Uh, it's a it's a uh. tiny mountain lager, which seemed appropriate for Charles of Mana. Um, it is in that aforementioned trip to my parents. I guess it does tie in. Um. My dad was like, your your brother-in-law, when he was here over the holidays, left a bunch of beer. Do you want to take it? So I did. Um, yeah, that's a dumb and, question. <laughs> and, uh, it's it's a very light beer. It's only 4%, uh, but it's got a nice, uh, it's a it's a very light lager that has a honey taste. Um, it's from a Vermont brewery uh, called Shed Brewery. It's good. Like, like not, the, not the best beer I've ever had, but it's definitely a refreshing, um, you know, 11.30 at night beer while recording a podcast with friends. At, at, at your can, local RPG pub. Can you just lie to lie to us and and tell us or mention that the that that your beer has some orange connection so that we're all uh, the logo the is page? orange. The logo is Fantastic. orange as hell. Nailed it. <laughs> and it all comes full circle. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs>
Well, I can see we're about 20 minutes in and we haven't uh, we haven't gotten too too involved in the trials of mana which had, I will I say we did an, have like a 10 minute detour talking about the entire mana series before <laughs> we even got to beers so I think uh, we're doing pretty okay yeah I we're mean, doing good it's it's a, more of a bit of an indication of uh, you know trials of the, the remake itself I, it's a good game but it's it's uh, nothing right home about I guess it's it's one of those it's not offensive it's it's done well and uh, maybe we'll just start off with where it came came from because the the first uh, real go that the the Western society got to see it was in the the remake in the Switch collection. Like I said, the three the ones that we just discussed, the three secret trials, and uh, I guess it was the Final Fantasy Adventure, Adventure right? Yeah. Uh, I, and I I really like the 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 SNES uh, trials of Mana. Uh, I, I'm with Neil. I I I've always heard of the um secret of mana like how great it is and and the reverence that people have for that one but it, it's uh, never it, I, I i don't see it i i don't enjoy it <laughs> i played a little i played enough to know that it's it's not my cup of tea but trials, trials of mana i just think fixed a lot of the problems that i had with secret of mana also having just a little bit more character um especially getting you to to uh, care more about the characters and the stories and so trials of mana is definitely uh the, the one and only uh, mana game that i i enjoy uh, i don't know if uh i'm pretty sure you guys are, are about on, on par about the uh the snes version i guess huh? like I, I i i need to mention a couple things just because we're uh going back to that the the snes games so i've i i spent a, a fair portion of yesterday uh, booting up my my collection and playing uh, Secret of Mana, and I, yeah, I, I I'm kind of I, I think before I pl- kind of started replaying it, I, I was more uh, I I had more fondness for the game, or I, I remembered it with more fondness. Beer guns, yeah, if maybe <laughs> like I well for me you know some kind of Coca Cola or yeah. Dr Pepper goggles, sugar goggles, right? but, yeah, sugar uh, specs, so soda pop. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. There's something there. Um, so I going back and playing Secret of Mana, and I, yeah, it's it's hard to get into. I think the the, the way the combat works is uh, maybe antithetical to the way action RPGs are. Like waiting to attack. Like if you attack, if you keep mashing the attack button, you do nothing. You have to wait for your meter to hit a hundred percent. And I I don't like that. I think that that waiting makes the game very stilted yeah. and slow. Um, and then what's worse is when you get your AI companions, they're horrible. They're useless. They, they die constantly. They, they don't, they don't really do effective attacks. Maybe it's better when you get magic and you can direct them to use spells. But I, I'm at the point, I'm at the point where I'm, I'm kind of just about to fight the witch, uh, just after you pick up the girl character and we don't have any magic yet. And they're just so incredibly useless. And I, 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 I think I'm going to go through a little bit more, try to get some of the spells and see if my, uh, my kind of remembering of the experience improves. But, um, yeah, I think, I think Secret of Mana is a hard game to go back to. Uh, I've only played the, uh, uh, Super NES version of Trials of Mana a little bit, maybe like 30 minutes or an hour. You guys have a lot more experience with that game than I do. Like, Neil, what, what do you think of that? That I, I know you like that game a lot. I mean, I wouldn't say like it a lot because I think just as a general rule, like I don't, I don't really like the style of those older Mana games. Um, I mean, that's that's why I don't enjoy Secret of Mana. I mean, there's for the reasons that you said too. Um, I also, I mean, it's just things like the text in that game looks bad. 
I think the localization is poor in Secret of Mana. Maybe that would have been more charming if I played that in the 90s. I think the first time I played Secret of Mana was probably like early 2000s, maybe. But like, I I, I think the thing with Trials of Mana is, um, one, I think that that game demands an instruction manual because it's just like, pick three characters. What do they do? I don't know. Pick three characters. Um, <laughs> and I think, I think the remake does a much better job of doing, uh, letting you know what you're actually doing in the game. For sure. Uh, But what I like about Trials of Mana is because it does refine the battle system a lot from Secret of Mana and and Adventure of Mana. Um, And I think that the battle Mm -hmm. system in Trials of Mana is, is like maybe the best that iteration of the series ever, ever was. I wouldn't count it among my favorite Super Nintendo games. I think it's a very good game. Uh, I think when push comes to shove, I prefer the style of the remake much more to the the style of the Super Nintendo game. I think what just kind of thinking about these two games in tandem, what what I would really like, imagine if we got Trials of Mana um in the West uh, upon upon its original release. Um I think what I really liked about Secret of Mana was the the multiplayer. The fact that you didn't have to worry about your AI companions being idiots because they would be your yeah. friends and you could just tell them what to do or you know they they'd be competent video game players, but they're they're so stupid in the game by themselves that they they almost just serve as a detriment. Like you you're kind of carrying just carrying them along in ghost form for the whole time if you want to. But I, I guess I I I didn't bounce off it, but I I found the beginning of the Super Nintendo version of Trials to be very difficult to get into. Like it, you're right, like it's hard to know what to do or what the story is or where you're supposed to go. Um, and I guess I I'm not sure if I played it until after it actually played a little bit of the remake. Like I I kind of sat on the collection for a long time. Uh, I picked it up physically when it came out, uh, I guess, in August last year. Um, but I, I really only played uh, uh, Adventure of Mana. Um, but then, yeah, to get into the Super Nintendo version of Trials, like I, yeah, I think it's hard to go back to after playing the remake. I'll say that. And I do think with the with the multiplayer in in Secret and Trials, uh, it does it breaks the cardinal sin of when if you were going to be like this is a get your multi tap. We've got a multiplayer RPG. Like you need to play like significant chunk into uh both secret and trials to get the full three-person party it's i mm-hmm. think it's a lot better in trials than it is in secret at least in my in my opinion but it's still like it's so frustrating there's at least two bosses in secret that you have to fight yeah. before you even get one character yeah trials it's it's pretty I early think. that you get the second and it's basically yeah. you fight the one boss with two people and then you're close to a full party Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is definitely one of the improvements that I enjoyed with Trials over Secret was it's not like you said in the SNES version it's uh, still not great to get into but the uh, this remake that it like everything's bright and beautiful um, depending on I guess it depends like I started with Angela and you start in like this big castle and and uh, the, uh, you know there's all these mages running around and it's it's colorful and bright. And I, yeah, I just, it, it was pretty easy to get into, uh, for the remake. Like you get right into the story and you get right into the action. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things to me that stands out about the remake is just, I, I mean, you'll call it, you can call it handholding and it's definitely handholding, but I don't, I, I don't mind that in games anymore. Like I kind of like knowing where I'm supposed to go as opposed to talking to everybody and trying to figure it out. Like there's some games where I, I want to do that, but I think that's more of a, maybe a little bit more of an antiquated uh, uh, aspect of RPGs, uh, especially an action RPG where the focus isn't really uh, as much on the talking to people. 
Um, but I, I love how in the Trials of Mana remake, like you always know where to go. Uh, the, the game has a mini map and it tells you exactly what door you need to go through <laughs> or what person you need to talk to. Like there's really no getting, you, you can't there's no get confusion. lost. Like, I, it's like, I, yeah. to the, I challenge to you to get lost in this game. Yeah. 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 No, for sure. I mean, it, it's, it's very, very nice and accessible to people that just want to go from point A to point B and fight some battles and, you know, see what the story, see how the story unfolds and, uh, you know, do some of the character development with uh, yeah, the, the training you can do and the uh, abilities you can equip and stuff like that. But yeah, it's I don't know, it's, it's such a, a light and easy game to get into. Like I, I really respect that about it. Compare it to something like, uh, you know, the the heavier, the darker FF7 remake we just talked about, um, or you know, just just other games that don't really introduce you to the game as well it, or don't kind of lead you by the hand as much trials of mana feels like a really awesome uh playstation 2 rpg that i never played that's mm. that's what i got the vibe in playing this playing the remake which i feel like is a backhanded compliment <laughs> but, yeah. but i i sincerely like like i i mean that with a lot of affection and that it does feel like like you know like it, it's hard to not make the comparisons to final fantasy 7 remake whereas that is a thoroughly modern game uh, the Trials of Mana remake feels like it's from a different era. And I think there's something about that that I actually really appreciate because I feel like there aren't as many games made at the scale of Trials of Mana that, that are like Trials of Mana. Like you see, I mean, there's like, you know, I, I, not to not that, you know, budget and and graphics mean everything. But like there's there's games similar to it that definitely like, you know, play similarly to Trials of Mana, the remade version but they don't really kind of have the the bombast of that as much or and it's it's not always that cartoony and colorful like it's usually a little bit more mm-hmm. harder edge uh, serious um i yeah. feel like dragon quest uh like dragon quest 11 is probably the only game of this like modern era that i'm like oh yeah like yeah, yeah like that's kind of similar in line to that style um but that's also like that's distinctly dragon quest if it has something to do with the uh, audience that they're they were aiming for like Final Fantasy VII, obviously there was old players that, that they wanted to come on board, but at the same time they wanted to make something, like you said, modern, something for people who have never played it before yeah. to be that I cutting mean, edge. Yeah, but, definitely the demographics come into play because, I mean, Final Fantasy VII Remake is like, that is that is the game. It is pitched to uh, RPG <laughs> dorks like us. It yeah. is pitched yeah. to guys playing Call of Duty. It is pitched to fans of the old game who like, oh, like Final Fantasy. I haven't heard of that in a while. Like it is pitched to everybody. Whereas Trials of Mana is a lot more razor focused on like, yo, you you like old RPGs? Guess what's up? Or like, yeah. do you like old par- RPGs and have like a 10 year old? Look, look what's up. Well, the comparison to Dragon Quest is uh, very apt to just because I think mm-hmm. there is a lot of crossover between f- fans of those franchises. Like, I think the people who enjoy Dragon Quest Eleven uh, and they enjoy the graphics and, and that old feeling that you get from playing in that game are the same, probably the same people that are really going to enjoy the Trials of Mana remake. I mean, there's a lightness and a kind of a, a leaning towards the fantasy side or the the, the charm, the whimsy uh, of this of this Mana universe that uh, Dragon Quest Eleven does something similar. Like, it, it, it's always kind of the same kind of shtick that you get from those games. And I feel like the mana games are like that too, right? You're still finding Flammy, the dragon. You're going to ride Flammy at some point, right? Like, um, even even the combat feels samey. Like, not not in a bad way, but just like, it feels familiar, comfortable, easy to get into. And 
Uh, I think Dragon Quest games are like that too. Like I don't, I don't pick up a Dragon Quest game and not know what to do. You know, they they all follow that same kind of formula. Well, the rabbits uh, really seem like the slimes to me. They really, I mean, <laughs> no, they, for sure, they very yes, much yes. are the they're the slimes of the Monic universe. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if you think about the timeline with you know Dragon Quest being Enix before the merger. Um, I mean, rabbits were probably a direct like you, they think they're so cute with their slimes. Like, oh no got, doubt, got, no doubt about that. We got yeah. rabbites. Yeah, look at this. Look at this dragon. Or, or look at this little bat. He's tracky. No crap. We can't call him that. What's What's funny about this game, the remake especially, is the fact that uh, if you remember, it was it was last year's Nintendo Direct or, or the the E three Direct or just before the E three Direct. I think it was the Square yeah, Enix Square presentation Enix press conference, right? Where and this happens like just before the Direct, and then of course we get it repeated during the Direct. But at, at any rate, we get an announcement of the Mana Collection coming to Switch. Okay, and we we knew about it because it came to Japan a couple years before. We were all we were all maybe wanting it to come over, but I I think. After a couple of years had passed, I was like, ah, oh, you know, maybe we won't get it ever. Yeah. And I'm like, that's that's fine, you know, whatever. But then we get an announcement for that. And then immediately after, so we, we realized we're going to be able to play Trials of Mana, the uh, SNES version, for the first time uh, localized uh, into English. And then immediately after, we, we learn about a remake of the game as well, also coming to Switch. It's just kind of a funny one-two punch that they did of going from zero copies of Trials of Mana to both the original and a remake of the game. Like I, I don't know how to reconcile that, or I don't know kind of what the impact is. It just, it just strikes me as being funny that 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 series of events that led to these two versions of the game that we're able to play now. Well, I was, I was just reading an, um, an interview with uh, one of the producers. Well, they were actually both producers were there, um, and they had mentioned um, the the interviewer had asked about because the the Mana Collection is only available on Switch. And there was yeah. a question of whether right. it yes. would be, yeah, if it would be coming to Xbox or PlayStation. And um, uh, Uyamata actually pointed out that the the Switch collect, like the Mana collection, wouldn't have happened without Nintendo. Like they they were mm-hmm. the ones that pushed it. And uh, right. he doesn't see that that collection ever coming to another console just because of um, how much how much work it, it took on Nintendo's behalf to make that happen. So mm-hmm. it makes you wonder, like if if was remake like where they was square planning to do remake and then just had and then the collection was kind of like a nintendo push mm. well but, what what's funny is that the original three games of the collection were all uh only on nintendo platforms if i'm not mistaken right adventure secret and trials yeah uh the, the three second Densetsu games never i don't think those ever came to another console until you had the remakes that came to PlayStation consoles. But the irony of that, the remake of Adventure and Seeker, is that they didn't come to Nintendo consoles, yeah. right? So you have the original games trapped on Nintendo platforms, and you have the at least the first two remakes trapped on Sony platforms exclusively. So I guess you have uh, you know Nintendo and Sony saying, oh, no, we want to be the exclusive rights holder to these games. Maybe that's possible. Uh, but yeah, I- interesting to hear that about the collection, David, that not going elsewhere. I'm not not surprised by that.
should we get into more of the remake proper? Like, uh, and where where do we want to start? What do we what what jumped out to you? The I know music. I know the graphics kind of music's really good too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they got start, a, they we'll got Hiroki Kakuda back to to mm. arrange a lot of the songs and like they it's it's probably my favorite part of the game, especially yeah. paired with the visuals. Not that this game is like you know the the best looker on the switch or anything Mm -hmm. but it's i mean like we talked about it's just that very like nice pleasant colorful uh art style that that i think just kind of works like it's not perfect like i said it feels like a feels like a ps2 game that i never never played before remastered for switch that's what trials of mana feels like and there's like a really warm cozy comfort about that yeah, I think the, I think the visuals work very well with the combat. Everything is big and bright and easy to see. Uh, I mentioned in my review, like the, the fact that the damage numbers and all, all the all the numbers and UI elements that you need to see to play the game well or play it effectively, they're all highly visible. Uh, I I really appreciate that, especially coming from someone who plays primarily in handheld. Like to know that all of that information is still very. Uh, again, very easy to see, even on the smaller screen. I that's how I want to play games. I I, I would like RPGs or engages games in general to be that kind of visual experience for me, even if it's a little bit simplified. I guess very proactive uh, tutorial as well. I remember early, yes. like in the early mat, uh, fights, where they like they tell you to to you know try this on the rabbi, try this, and you have to do you have to do the different moves, and then when they kind of open it up, they still I remember doing one fight and I was using a certain attack and they actually like, well, why don't you uh, use this button combination to do this? I'm like, oh, sure. Well, I'll try that. Yeah. And and I mean, one example of that is that when you encounter the enemies that have shields on them and you have to break the shield to do any damage, they tell you that if you use the charge attack, it'll break the shield. And that's really the I think that's the primary use of the charge attack. Like, I don't I don't I find that, you know using it regularly in combat or using it often uh, again it kind of stump it stops the flow of the combat i think that's not as enjoyable but when you come across those shielded enemies uh it, it gives you a reason to break that out you do also get a lot of the um uh class strike particles back when you use those attacks as well so that's something i hadn't thought as much about while i was playing the game for review but uh going back in in a new game plus run uh, i realized if you want to build up those meters faster use the charge attacks yeah, and I, I don't want to dwell on it, but we did talk about the audio. And the the music in the Mana series has always been terrific. But uh, I, I found the sound effects and the voice acting just to be, uh, I called it an audio assault on my ears. <laughs> it was, yeah. it was just, it, like, it's surprising how, how the like, the voice acting in particular, I, I don't understand how bad the English got. Like, I... It, it just doesn't it there, there feels like there's no connection between what's being said and what's happening on screen it's just it's really weird mm-hmm. i mean we're all we're all coming off of playing final fantasy 7 remake which we, uh, you know unanimously has uh very terrific voice acting but uh then yeah and i you know when i was reviewing this game i was reviewing this at the same time as i was playing final fantasy 7 remake so to go back and forth you really really it really really became apparent you know where uh, maybe more of the budget went in the in the development of these games, or just just the fact that the, the the difference between high quality voice acting and voice acting that is, it's just there for the sake of being there. It's not Phoned. really done. <laughs> it, 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 I mean, I I don't want to accuse people of like you know doing doing a bad job or anything like that, but it just do, it just doesn't work in this game. It feels yeah. that it doesn't have the pat it doesn't have the passion. It doesn't have the emotion 
that I think would would help with this game. I, I, you know, it's just kind of way the way the Trials of Mana remake is maybe in general is it it's it's not meant to blow you away with any of its presentation elements. It's it's meant to be solid. It's meant to get the job done. And I think as an RPG, it does get the job done. It, it's really you're but you're right though it is the voice acting that really does hold it back in terms of yeah. audio like the the voice acting especially especially the uh the english voice acting it's just it's it feels like a bad playstation 2 game <laughs> like like once yeah. again like i that's probably led to the allure of me feeling that that strong vibe of like this this feels like a you know ps2 era rpg um yeah. with some of the cheesy voice acting and it is like I think like Charlotte is the worst offender, but that's also like that character yeah. is just written like that and it's obnoxious. I guess I kind of fall in the camp where I don't think it. I don't think the voice. I think the voice acting is bad, but I don't think it necessarily has a negative effect on the game. Like I think it just gives it, like it's it's like you know B movie C movie quality voice acting. Um, mm-hmm. I would occasionally laugh at how bad the voice acting was, but it didn't. It hasn't harmed my enjoyment of the game. Yeah, it it just doesn't add anything, right? You 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 good voice acting can really elevate the story, make you endeared towards the characters, you know, see those connections between them a little bit more vividly. But because you don't have that, I think I think the characters suffer uh, as a yeah. result of the the voice acting, right? And so I, I, maybe even the story as well. Like I, I think all of those elements make you at least made me really appreciate the combat because I I wanted to even the basic combat with minor enemies I, I I was never bored by it I wanted to like just beat the crap out of these guys I use my you know I'll, I'm fighting a rabbi in in you know because they they scale up right they get they get higher level yeah. you can fight the basic enemies and they'll get stronger I, I'm gonna use my level three class strike against a rabbi because who cares like I I've yep. got all of my characters have full class strike meters. I'll just use my super moves against them because it doesn't matter. And it's hilarious to see the little um, class strike cutscenes, you know, used against a, a particularly yeah. tiny enemy. Um, but yeah, maybe those elements really serve to uh, accentuate the, I think, the effectiveness or the enjoyment of the combat, at least that I experienced. We, we talked about um, how bad the AI was in um, Secret of Mana, but uh, how did you feel about um, your AI companions in uh, this remake? Yeah, it, it's 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 not as it's obviously not as bad. They're not totally brain dead. Uh, they do build up their. I mean, what what they really need to, you to do when you're not controlling them is you need them to not die, and you need them to build up their class strike meter so you can switch to them and use a super move. Um, they do an okay job at not dying. They will sometimes walk very slowly out of an enemy's uh, yeah uh, project projectile path or attack path. Um, sometimes they'll roll out of the way. Usually they won't. Um, so sometimes they're just going to take damage and it does kind of suck. The game really does push you to switch characters often, especially if you have mages uh, and a lot of the characters do get some kind of magic. Uh, you're encouraged, I think, to switch to a character, cast a spell and then switch back to your melee attacker and start wailing on an enemy again. Uh, and you can keep, you can keep doing that, right? I think the the mana or the uh, the magic points build up again over time, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Or at the very least, it's very easy to bring up the ring wheel and use items to to heal people. But while healing is going on, while spells are being cast, uh, even after you activate a class strike with it with one of your partner characters, you can go back to your main character and start using using their abilities again, or start just basing attacking with them. So In- I, I guess it's what the 
the game forces you to do is to switch more often, especially later in the game. It reminds me a lot. Um, I mean, I feel like just when these games came out, it's a uh, means of comparison. It reminds me a lot of Final Fantasy VII Remake in that it, there is that kind of that default thing of like, I should be able to just hang with one character, give out orders to the others and just do my thing. Um, in both of those games, you are encouraged to switch between the characters and use them all efficiently and, and take a more hands-on approach with the combat. I feel like in, in Final Fantasy VII Remake, though, you have to do it, though, right? Yeah. Your your characters almost do nothing, and the enemies target you yep. uh, in in that in Final Fantasy VII Remake. In Trials of Man, it's not like that. I think the enemies are going to do their same kind of attack patterns. They're not going to focus on you. A lot of the uh, attacks are actually... Uh, area of attack, uh, yeah, area yeah. of attack attacks, or area displayed of, or in, in like attack. the Sorry. best way I've ever seen an action RPG, especially it's really, really too, good. Yeah, where it's just yeah. so you get the red line, where it's like okay, like it's gonna be an AOE here, or it's gonna be this line attack there. Like it just, yeah, it's a lot. There's a lot of really smart things like that. I think the camera sucks a little bit sometimes in combat. Uh, yeah, it's not great. But, it's not great. But overall, like it just, it's it's kind of nice. And I mean, like like you said, like switching between characters. It's not a bad thing. It's mm-hmm. it, it's instantaneous. Um, yeah, sometimes it's, it's, a little clumsy, fast. but it's fine. Like I I don't have any issues with it. I don't think it's as required here, but but it is easy to do, and I think there are a lot of situations where you can use it to your advantage. Yeah. Um. You you mentioned or we were talking about the area of effect uh, uh patterns and lines and, and squares circles that you see on the map uh, or on the battle screen. Uh, there's sometimes where the, the, the area of effect will actually fill in with red, uh, and it'll gradually fill in and fill in more indicating when the attack is going to take place. Some of the later boss battles, you have a lot of time before the ring or the circle fills up in red, uh, but it's signaling to you that you have a chance to interrupt the attack. So you gotta, you gotta maybe destroy some pillars or you have to attack a certain body part of the enemy in order to interrupt them. And those are really uh, tense, uh, kind of anxiety-filled situations that are really uh, add to the uh, difficulty or challenge of some of the later combat encounters. So uh, they, I think they just use the, the style and the structure of the combat to great effect, especially in the latter half of the game. Yeah, well, and you, you said the boss battles was the, the highlight of uh, Trials for you, right? Yeah, I think so. Like I, um, the end of the game is almost a boss rush. Uh, you're fighting. I think you fight some of the enemies that you'd fought before, uh, and then there you there's some reveals about who the kind of final final bosses are and stuff like that. Um, there's also a new game plus that is a really uh, terrific multi part uh, boss fight as well. Um, yeah, all of those really tested my ability. I had to go in with a lot of different items. I uh, I had two mages on my party. I was constantly casting heal with Charlotte uh, and using Angela's higher level magic spells. Uh, and then just pounding away with Kevin, uh, who, who I think is just just a supremely powerful character in that game. Uh, because at nighttime, he becomes a beast man, and his power level goes up. And there's actually an item in the game you can use, so you can always make it nighttime. So I just carried a, a steady supply of these, uh, they're, they're like night radishes, or there's some kind of vegetable that you eat, or you activate, and then it turns the game to nighttime. Um, and he, he's so much stronger as a beast man. So, uh, really, really liked having him in the party. Um, we didn't mention this, but there's also, uh, there's a day and night cycle, but there's always, there's also a, an element cycle. Like every day will be a different element. Uh, like if the fire element or water or darkness or light. And on that day, uh, that magic power will be stronger and its opposite will be weaker. Did you guys you know, make any notice of that or you take advantage of it at all? Or 
I, I didn't. Like, I, I knew it was there, but I really didn't, no, I didn't think about notice. it very much at all. Yeah. <laughs> no, it didn't come to mind, that's for sure. Yeah, same here. It, yeah, it doesn't seem... It seems like it's there if you want it, but I think the game is pretty easy as it is. Like, there's some challenge later on, but you don't need to break it. You don't need to even... If you are fighting most of the enemies along the way, I don't even think you really need to grind that much. You just just do the encounters that are on your path, and you'll probably be the right level for all the all the fights that you get into. So it's kind of there's, there's some things. It's kind of like countering what? in Punisher mode. It's, it's oh, there, yeah, but yeah. it's there, but you don't need to do it. You don't need that at all until you get to one <laughs> one. And, yeah, until there's a boss the the that is way more effective in like chapter four. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Like pretty shortly yeah, after, it, until until you get to uh, who is it? Not Reno, um, Rufus. Someone at the very no, I mean, Rufus I mean, at the but, very the, end. <laughs> but there's multiple points of the story. I mean, you know what? You mother <laughs> brought this up. No, no, <laughs> you're the one who kept bringing up obviously remake all podcasts. So yeah, yeah, um, but I was I was getting the thing. It's, it's a means of comparison to the other Square Enix remake. It's true. It's true. I mean, I wasn't I, bringing up contentious points from it. I was just talking about that it existed. You're the one who talked to me. You, Neil, you talked me down off of putting putting the the direct comparisons in my review of Charles of Mana, and I did. Uh, but obviously, I knew we would have different. a chance to talk about them here. This is this is, is a different. podcast. That's a that's a written text, a written tomb, if you will. Yes. Oh, I, I think of all my reviews as as tombs. They're uh, <laughs> going to be going to be buried buried with me in the coffin when I go. Um, I, I I really like this game. I think it, I think it's fun. I think it was a great palate cleanser to follow uh, a darker, much more melancholy Final Fantasy VII remake. Um, it, it's not gritty. It it is lighthearted. It is whimsical. It's easy to get into. It's I think it's easy to play, easy to enjoy. Um, there's not just there's not a lot of depth to it. It's not a game where you're going to be running around town looking for side quests and talking to everybody like the you know Final Fantasy One or something like that. But it it I think it is a really good game if you don't expect a ton from it you know it's it, it is what it is and i think that's fine oh i think i think there's a place for these games like especially when you it's funny because you watching the we, we kind of joked about the the next gen and 4k and all that uh but the the one thing that stood out for me in that xbox presentation is that it, it's like it looks like things are grim in, the, in for games in the x in the, the yeah, next Star generation Nexus look pretty cool yeah, but uh, <laughs> like what? Nineteen of the twenty games they showed, yeah. and and I would uh, also say that's been they the just case all seem pretty like gritty. Twenty years, yeah, that's been the case for like twenty years. Yeah, yeah, it's I, I'm. <laughs> it's just funny to have like disagree. a whole presentation yeah. with all the same yeah. kind of theming, you know, I, I, like every game had like death and murder and like the the vampire game where like the the opening scene is like that guy dancing in the room and the the family is like strung up with their mouths like cut open i'm like this is so dark like imagine like you were watching this with your family not that people watch these with their families necessarily but like if you had like you know even a 10 or 12 year old kid in the room like it's it's very very dark i'm like uh, turned off the stream it sure is an aesthetic because i was watching it with my son on my lap and i'm like no <laughs> and I, i'm sure I'm you're not the only one if, yeah. if i had that up if i had that up when my two and a half year old was watching i'd be like oh shoot like i don't want him to see that it, it Me- but, but meanwhile every, i think almost every watch, watch the paper mario trailer when he was sitting on the the, the squatty potty <laughs> <laughs> look at you killing two birds with one stone right like it, it's it really is night and day though right like yeah. the maybe the, what you're being offered by some of these next gen presentations and I, I think xbox has another one coming up soon where we're going to see some more first party stuff 
Um, and I, I hope they go in a different direction where they're not just showing all this gritty stuff. I, I, I want I want to know which of these consoles is going to offer more breadth, maybe, in their library, right? Like, I, I guess one of my concerns is that uh, it seems like with Sony, like, the indie uh, representation is going to be really pushed to the wayside, you know? And it's just going to be all 4K, all AAA, all, like, you know gritty hardcore action rpg stuff like i don't I don't know like or third person action adventure game like that it seems like that's where they're really leaning you think about their games uh at least the sony ones that are announced for this year are still coming uh you've got uh last of us 2 you know incredibly gritty uh there was um a post or i don't know if it was on twitter or where i saw it but they were talking about like how yeah there's dogs in the game and uh, you know other other games like oh is it can you pet the dog is oh, the dog yeah. friendly and this one's like oh no you need to kill the dogs because they yeah, they will tell why? their owners where you are and i'm like what the hell this is man? so why this is so it's like it's like dark for the sake of being dark and i'm like yeah. i don't i don't want that from the next gen i want I want options. I want variety. I want not every game to look exactly the same. And David, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. I think a lot of those games in the Xbox presentation, they all seemed kind of the same, So at yeah. least thematically. So in my, my response to that, because uh, as I think I've mentioned on the show before, I've uh, gotten very deep into Sea of Thieves lately. With yes. that has yeah. led me keeping an eye on Rare's other announced games, uh, or other announced game, Everwild, which apparently is going mm. to be in the same vine as... Uh, as Sea of Thieves, but like it looks gorgeous and it's colorful yeah. and vibrant. Um, and that did make me think that there was an Xbox event last year that actually did have some like there, there was that grounded game from Obsidian, which is kind of like a mm. goofy, tongue in cheek kind of like uh, you know kind of kids going around in a in like a bunch of call like almost Honey I Shrunk the Kids like environment. Um, mm-hmm. So there are games like that, and I'm sure that there are also examples from Sony. I mean, you look at Astrobot. Um, yeah. those games do exist. Maybe they're not the the fe- the feature. And I think I think there's a lot of problems with that that Xbox event from last week. And then we're gonna see, yeah. you know, we're gonna see Sony and and Microsoft both have things where they focus more on the grim dark. But I do think it's worth pointing out that there are a lot of games that are colorful. It's just that I don't think they sell as well. <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> Maybe not, yeah. there's a place for yeah. them. Though. Like yeah. especially if yeah. you get you you start getting a few of those gritty games in a row. And I mean, I enjoy them. Like I. Yeah, they're not bad. They're not bad. There's nothing wrong with them. It's it's more um just uh, just playing so many like how there's already a, a you know worldwide pandemic where you can't leave your house and and all of a sudden now you're playing yeah. like these games where the future is like this dark and awful place and sometimes you you just kind of need the a bright colorful uh, yeah you know one or of the, the world's that, ending but, but at least yeah. there's colors <laughs> that's right well even in Trials of Mana like I. I found myself like looking at the buildings and thinking like, oh, these cottages and houses are really nice. You know, this this woody <laughs> like th- this is the thing I'm focusing on when I'm playing an action RPG. I just thought was funny is like, you know, you go from Midgar, which is kind of the steel dark, like it's always night it seems, and everything's like industrial revolution, sort of you know, dark and dirty and steel, and then you, and then I'm just kind of walking through this colorful forest with you know these beautiful wood built cottages and stuff, and that's that those that's the thing that's sticking out for me so it's you know it's just a funny uh contrast i guess david i'm glad you brought up the towns and trials of matter uh the remake because i think there's something really ironic or funny about them I, I do i agree with you i think that when you get into the villages i think they are very tranquil and peaceful and they're kind of fun to hang out in you never really go back to any of yeah, them not, like they, 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 built, they built all these towns and you there's no there's no incentive 
to ever revisit an area unless it's directly connected to the main story. Like you, you, I guess the one place you'd go to is, is the night market, right? I, I can't remember the city that it's in, but there's a, there's one that has a night market that uh, you go into and they sell like special items and, and rare items that you might want to buy rare consumables, especially, uh, and you would, you would want to go back there to, to restock afterwards. But that, that's probably the only place in the game where you would ever go back on purpose uh, without, without any uh, story incentive to, to drag you there. So yeah. uh, I, that's one of the things I maybe, not that I didn't like, but it is it does it is noticeable about this game that there's there's a vapidity to it. You know, there's an emptiness yeah. to it as well. It's very like fleeting. It, it 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 is a definitely a fleeting game, and it's shorter. I think I think maybe it's just part of what this game is. You're not meant to linger. You're just you're meant to go from place to place, and they're all going to be kind of nicely detailed on the outside. Uh, but there just isn't a lot of stuff on the inside. And I, again, that's okay. Well, this might be a, a good time to transition into the last call, and uh, this week we are, it, it's basically, what do you think of all these remakes? Like, Square Enix has two in April that we just got to play, wasn't that long ago that Link's Awakening had its remake, and like, getting lots of them. We've got uh, the definitive edition of Xenoblade Chronicles coming up. Is it a remaster? Is it a remake? Doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. doesn't. It's it's basically uh you know, here's a here's an older game that's on a modern console and you know, the graphics in you know, different levels of graphic changes depending on the particular game, but I I just want one podcast where we don't talk about semantics for like thirty minutes, yeah. like we did last week. Okay, so yeah, yeah it just listen, when, guys. When you the say tutorial here, we're to- for Punisher mode. <laughs> we're, we're just get the heck out of here, Neil. We're we're when we say remakes here, we're that you know we're yeah, you did you're right. We're encompassing all of these different levels of reproducing yeah. or remaking a game. Well, how how are you guys feeling about playing games from your childhood a little bit different? Neil, why don't you go first? Um, I, I do have some so, thoughts. So, 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 do, do I need to? I, I'm confused about the last call. Was this about uh, games we want to see remade, or how we're feeling about the remakes? Well, both, we're, we're going to start. We'll, with we'll the, end with. Yeah, we'll 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 end with what we want to see remade. Okay. But uh, but just a general like, is there too many, or are, is 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 this the right amount? To... So so I got I got two things here. Um, one, I would rather have new games. Two. Uh, I understand why remakes and remasters happen because it is easier to, you know, in the case, I mean, like, let's look at it, for example, uh, in in the case of Xenoblade Chronicles uh, Definitive Edition. It's not necessarily that, like, you remove Xenoblade Chronicles and then there's a, like, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 comes out in May of 2020. That's not how it works. Like, the reason why Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition exists is because, all right, we can put this team on that game, do the remaster. It's not going to take, you know, however many years a proper monolith game is going to take, or it's not going to require the manpower that a proper monolith game would take. And we can get this out. It can come out, you know, budget's not going to be as high. It's going to come out in 2020 sooner than we expected the next big monolith game, whatever it is, it's going to come out. Like, I totally understand that. I mean, you look at something like just how Nintendo has existed on the Switch with all the the ports and remasters that have come out, like, it's, guess what? Like, you can, as a company, you know, bringing Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze to Switch 
is a very easy way to make money on something that didn't do as well the first time around. Uh, but at the end of the day, like, uh, I'd rather see uh, Donkey, the, the third of the, the retro Donkey Kong Country games. Like, I'd rather see that than see Chocolate Freeze uh, re-released on Switch. In, in the terms of this, um, I guess I guess related to the RPG podcast, uh, Paper Mario the Origami King was announced the day that we're recording this. I am so thrilled that that's a brand new game. Uh, I've seen people, uh, even even Nintendo World Report's own Justin Baruby, be like, why isn't this just a port of color splash? And I want to slap Justin. I love him. <laughs> but like, but because like, like, like that's the thing is that like, I keep on seeing this where the discussion's always like, why can't this Wii U game be brought to Switch? But I'm like, why can't we just have a sequel to that Wii U game? So that's where I stand on remakes and that. I understand why they happen and it's okay that they happen. Yeah, remakes, remasters, the like. Um, enhanced ports, if you will. Um, I get why they happen. I just would rather see new games. Well, even on that subject, I know a lot of people were hoping for a remake of Thousand Year Door instead of a new Paper Mario. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just give me a new game. I, I'm, I'll Rochambeau. just back up Neil in the in the same yes. sense of uh, I, I'm kind of on par where I played those old games before, and uh, I I prefer new games as well. But I, I understand that bills need to be paid. And I think in a lot of cases, some of these remakes keep people busy that maybe wouldn't. Like like you said, the way things work is that certain people are working and, and not, not entire teams are doing all the same thing. So in a, for some people, I'm sure it keeps it keeps the creative people busy. Like, okay, you know, this is you're done your part on this new game coming up. So why don't you work on this? So, I mean, if, if that keeps the bills paid, that's great. But it, it's nice to have old games that I used to play available on the console. But to see them remade, I, I don't know if I I need to see, like, a new version of a game. Maybe just having access is more important to me than, than the remake itself. Yeah, so I'll, I'll take a different uh, tact here. And I my my thinking is more positive on remakes as a, as a, as a whole concept uh, than negative. I... I I'll I'll use Xenoblade Chronicles as an example because just because of the way it was launched in North America, especially. So uh, that game was a GameStop exclusive. Uh, it was very difficult to find copies at launch. Uh, I don't know that uh, ever uh, were that many produced for North America. Uh, I and when there was it did a get a re- yeah. there was a reprint, but those copies went for eighty, ninety, a hundred dollars. At least here, they were above retail price. So even when there they the game became more available the store still found a way to make it difficult to acquire it. Um, I ended up playing uh, Xenoblade Chronicles on new 3DS. Uh, it was one of the only games uh, that made kind of, or was exclusive to that console. Uh, and it was fine, but now I'm going to have an opportunity to play this game kind of on a TV, or at least on my nice uh, Switch light screen, uh, get to experience it in a, maybe in a very different way, a game that I really enjoyed. Uh, I think my enjoyment can only increase. So uh, I like, th- I mean, we all replay games. We all go back to games we've played before. I don't know that there's anyone listening here or anyone on this podcast that doesn't, with some regularity, go back to their favorite games. So what if our favorite games can be remade or improved or be- have definitive editions released of them? I think that's that's a really great way to re-experience something you already love. So I'm I'm all for some level of remakes yeah of course i want new games i don't want everything to be a remake but i like when games that i either games i missed 
like Trials of Mana. I never played the Super Nintendo version or, or like a ROM or anything like that. I was happy to play this this remake on Switch. I think it's a better version than the original. When when you're talking about something that is like Xenoblade Chronicles, which is maybe a little bit lighter of a remake, it's going to be pretty similar to the original game. But I also really liked that game and didn't play it maybe in the most desirable format. So now I'm going to have a chance to play it the best version of that game. And so I'm excited about that opportunity. So I, I, I am more positive on remakes in general. I think my counterpoint to that is I wish that uh, every there was just like backwards compatibility. Like that that would yeah, be uh, that yeah, would be if yeah. I if I if I had to make demands, it would be like instead of Nintendo selling me uh Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze for ten dollars more than it was on Wii U or uh Xenoblade Chronicles again for fifty nine ninety nine, like can I just like give you twenty bucks and you let me like play the Wii version? <laughs> like like can we yeah. do that? Like you don't need to make it look nicer. Just let me play that video game. I mean, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with you. Like, I, I wish all old <laughs> games were... I wish there was one magical store that sold every single old game from the past. Like, I, I would I would die a happy person. Like, I th- that's what I would... But we're unfortunately, we're the clearly Wii, moving away from that The Virtual Console model. died for the Switch to live. Yeah. Yep, so we could get paneled upon <laughs> announced yes. uh, this evening for yeah. release. Uh, yeah, very, very breaking news here. Yeah, well, that's right. since, since we can't play any game that we want on any console we want, that begs the question: Which RPG remaster do you want to see on uh, on your favorite console? I've got now. I've got I've got four. Four? Jeez, <laughs> I, I thought I was gonna be. I thought I'd be going too far with two. Um, uh, w- one of them is: uh, Can someone like make Act Razor, but actually know why Act Razor was good? Like just do that again, please. That's so that's one. It's two. Um. Also, while we're at it, can we just bring the developer quintet back as a whole? I played the Illusion of Gaia when I was younger, and that yeah, that holy <laughs> that game. Um. I don't know if yep. it was great, but I remember it left an impression on me when I played it when I was younger. Um. I have often sought out a copy of Soul Blazer, uh, the 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 first game in that trilogy. And Terranigma, the third game in the trilogy, which is widely seen to be a freaking masterpiece, um, never came out in North yeah. America. Um, and I believe uh, you can't even play it on your Super Nintendo Classic if you uh, do some hacking on it, because the, the I don't know the ROM's not compatible. Uh, but those are three uh, three games that I would love to see remade in some capacity. I'm okay with them taking their time. I would like to see Square Enix remember that they have these games. And, like, give us a Soul Blazer remake in the same vibe as the Trials of Mana remake. Um, Imagine how happy we would be this evening if instead of Operation Logic Bomb added to the Nintendo Switch Online, uh, we got ActRaiser announced tonight coming in, like, That would days. be oh. really good. At, like, ActRaiser Act still is good. Like, holy. Oh, it, it holds up. Yeah. Really I, I, I played yeah. through it. So there was that game, uh, Soul Seraph, that came out on Switch last yes. year that was inspired by ActRaiser, but was really, like... You know, mediocre 2D side scrolling with a uh, tower defense, and it was fine. It wasn't. It wasn't terrible, um, but it wasn't Act Razor because Act Razor is like full on SimCity simulation game with like solid yeah. Castlevania platforming. Like that. That game is something else. Uh, yep. And yeah, I mean, I I don't know if it'll ever come back because I think uh, the developers of Quinten are basically kind of like you know diaspora. They're they're gone. I think when the the square the Square Enix merger happened, I think they kind of ceased to be um and they they haven't 
really done anything since the 90s. It just, it just sucks because the games they made were so unique yep. and really haven't been replicated since. And it's that it's these these trapped Super Nintendo gems that we really don't have, you know, at least legal access to. Yeah. Like with the case of Terranigma, no access yeah. to. Like that, it, oh, it sucks, man. Yeah, I mean, my, yeah. my thing, I guess my, my optimism for the Quintet games, uh, and I'll just kind of say, you know, ActRaiser, Soulblazer, Illusion of Gaia, and Terranigma, is that uh, Square has been uh, granted it's been the stuff per- well no um star ocean star ocean's enix mm. um right i think star ocean i think so yeah um but square has sound it sounds like it should be quintet but it's yeah not. yeah um yeah it's like wolf team or whatever from from bandam um but uh square enix has been revisiting some of these kind of forgotten rpgs whether it's the saga series whether it's you know doing the the collection of mana uh like just trials of mana coming back at all and uh, Star Ocean. Those games coming back gives me a little hope for, you know, maybe. Like, it's not it's not like I'm, like, gonna book it, Soul Blazer, come with a Switch in 2021. Like, I don't think that's gonna happen. I still think it's, yeah, but you're it right. could it's happen. It's a non-zero chance, yeah. because we've seen, we've seen things that I think we believed were basically a 0% chance, and they actually did yeah, happen. Yeah, the fact, so... Saga 3 came out. Like, that's nuts. Yeah. yeah, I, I mean, even even Final Fantasy VII remake happen, happening at all. I think I think they there was a lot of push to that 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 game was never going to happen. I think they said it was never going to happen, and it did. You know, like I think if there if there's money to be made, if there's if there's passion behind it, the, the companies will try to find a way to make money yeah. if they can. And so, like, there's an opportunity for those games, just just a slim one. I I, w- I will say I will settle for ju- like just port the give me give me a collection just with the those three ROMs you know, on a Switch card and yeah. we're good. That's all I want. I mean that that's the that's the cool thing actually is that we're we're seeing collections as a way to bring back some lost titles, you know? Like yeah. Second and Setsu 3. Like mate that was probably going to happen as soon as they the the plan for a remake of that game uh uh appeared, materialized. But to still be able to get the original game in the collection was really special, I think. And then uh, I think of something like the Castlevania collection, which I reviewed for NWR. Uh, it had Kid Dracula, uh, an NES game that never came over to the yeah. West. I the Game Boy game, the Game Boy game is very good, though. I will say, the, and I, yeah, and I think the NES game is very good too. Like yeah. I, I want to play the Game Boy game at some point. Um, but that one actually again, came out it, in America. But weirdly, the NES the one The Game didn't. Boy title, that, yeah. that's right, yeah. So it, it's it's just funny to see collections as an opportunity to bring lost titles, or at least titles that were lost to a particular audience. Uh, it, now the contemporary group can play them, or someone that grew up around that time thinking, hey, I, I never got to play this game, even though I knew it existed. Now you get that opportunity. So yeah, there's a chance, and which is, you know, there's some hope, I guess. And then I'll do... Um... Because really, my, my uh, two of mine were supposed to be Act Razor and then just Soul Blazer, and then I talked about the other ones very quickly. Um, w- w- I don't want a full remake of either game or really all three, because I'll just I'll just I'll just be greedy. Uh, give me a Chrono Collection that has Chrono Trigger, Radical Dreamers, and Chrono Cross like that. Please, 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 please. I would like to play that on a Nintendo Switch. And my my I swear to God, it's my last one. Uh, remake <laughs> remake Mother Three in the style of what it was going to be like on Nintendo sixty four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Earthbound sixty four would be really because great. because like Earthbound Earthbound sixty four like if you look at any of the old screens like that's just Mother Three like yeah that game like I believe that game story did not really change from when it was in development on Nintendo sixty four to when it came out on Game Boy Advance 
And, like, Etoy's not making Mother 4, but Homeboy can remake Mother 3 in 3D. I mean, he's still connected to the Mother franchise. He's still doing things, like, releasing little, uh, you know, there's, like, a book coming yeah, out this Ho- year. Yeah, the Hobonichi, like, the journals that he makes, which are really cool. Yeah. They're just very expensive. Like, like I, I love that stuff. I love that he's still connected to it, but I, I just wish that he... Not that it's all on him or something like that, but you know, I'd like there to be some kind of partnership or some uh, alliance between him and Nintendo to get to get those games, you know, in a different uh, get Mother Three localized to find some way to remake it, get it into people's hands, you know. Like there's still so much like at least fan interest from in that game, you know. Uh, a collection of those three games I think would be really cool if they could take Earthbound Beginnings and make it playable. That'd be cool too. <laughs> like. I don't know. Just give it, uh, give it the, believe... give, give Earthbound, be- hell, give Earthbound and Earthbound Beginnings the, uh, the Final Fantasy, like, 7 and 8 remaster treatment, where you can just, like, yeah. click in the stick and get, like, full health. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool. Uh, so, Neil, I don't I'm know, done. are you done? done. Do, you have ten, yeah. do you have 10 more to go? Okay. I mean, I, I, uh, I dude, I could, I could, I, 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 I prepped a list and then trimmed it down. <laughs> it was, it was like, uh, Perry's, uh, top three when, and then he named 13 titles. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, yeah. Yeah, once he, once he gets going, you can't really stop him, but uh, we'll hear from him next week. So uh, I, I chose one and then uh, the sequel to it, because uh, I'd like to see uh, one or, or both uh, remade in some form. Um, and that's Breath of Fire. Yeah. So Breath of Fire 1 and, Breath of Fire 1 and 2 are Capcom RPGs, um, and I, I'm, not, I'm not really familiar with the later games in the series 3 and They're 4. They're not good. Um, and I, yeah, I've heard, <laughs> I've heard as much, but I... I found the at least when I played the games when I was younger, I found the first two games very endearing. Um, I think they have a good story, good uh, cast of characters. Uh, they have far too many random encounters, which sucks uh, and makes them hard to go back to. But I love the element of the main character Ryu gaining these dragon powers, where he can transform into a dragon and just go like total Super Saiyan on some of the final bosses. You know, um, I just think it's a really cool mechanic. Um, you, he's not the only character that transforms. Uh, there's a lot of different, um, uh, you know, kind of challenging gameplays and mini games. Um, I think the music in those games is pretty good too. Uh, just a, it's just a it's just a series that I have a lot of like fond memories for. You know, uh, around Christmas time, you know, getting that game. Uh, I got the strategy guide for the first game as well, and I didn't put that thing down. Like I spent all of like the family gatherings that Christmas just reading this one strategy guide and looking at like these. Uh, kind of illustrations of, of Ryu and Dragon Form, and I I just couldn't wait to get home and, like, all, all the festivities to be over, so I just play that bloody game. Um, and I'd love to see those games come back in some way. Like, I, I don't think there's been a, a Breath of Fire game, at least a good one, in a long, long time. And so uh, it, the, the funny thing is both the, both the SNES games are available on Nintendo Switch Online, so you can play the originals, but I think going back, you realize that they, they haven't aged as well. Yeah. And I think the, the random encounter rate being way too high is a big part of that. It just makes the it makes the games really tedious and slow, uh, and even with a, re, a rewind feature, that's not helping. You need a fast forward feature, uh, that would really help. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see one of those two games come back, or e- even a new game in the series that uh, uh, kind of riffs off of the first two, or something like that would be cool. So Breath of Fire is my my RPG remaster uh, selection that's for tonight. That's a good pick. Thank you. I actually struggled with this question because. Uh... I mean, most of the games that I wanted, I've gotten remasters of. Like, I can play 7, 8, 9, 10, 12, all on my Nintendo Switch now of Final Fantasy. Um, yeah, I, there I are don't... a lot of other RPGs, right? Yeah, I know. But, I mean, <laughs> those are the ones I'm passionate about. And then I don't have any confidence that if they even tried to do 4 and 6, uh, 4, 5, or 6, like, the 
or even one that it would be just some awful mobile version I wouldn't even want to touch with the 10 foot pole. Beckers can't be choosers, man. I would I would nah. 1000% buy the mobile version of Final Fantasy 5 or 6 to play on Switch. No, it was oh, funny. God, it is. I wouldn't. It's so ugly. I, yeah. I can't stand looking at it. It is. It is garbage. It's. It's the equivalent. I, I'd uh, rather not play. You know, the the discussion makes me think of that scene um, in uh, Man in an Iron Mask when Leonardo DiCaprio, like they're the people are dying. They they'll eat anything, and he goes, "Give them the spoiled fruit." That's that's how I see these. I these don't mobile disagree. Versions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's really yeah, bad. Like, I'm just saying, like, like, like it's. I mean, it's, they, they did actually make the Chrono Trigger port a little bit better. If they just released that on Switch, please, Lord. <laughs> I, I want to yeah. play Chrono Trigger on Switch. I would take a Chrono Trigger. But the Trigger Chrono Trigger as... doesn't use those those horrible sprites yeah. from the the Final Fantasy, the Final Fantasy ports. I don't, I don't know what they were thinking. The Chrono Trigger one, it had like ugly menus and ugly text and stuff. Yeah. But and at least most, the characters yeah, looked, most, looked most fine. Most of the Chrono Trigger stuff did get, like, they, they, they did right by making that better. It's not, they it's did, not perfect. Yeah. But like it's a lot better. It's not the I, Final Fantasy. I, I forget. Ports. I think there was somewhere, and you guys probably came across it as well over the years of like Square's reason for that, which is, I mean, it's it's mainly the market that they thought that that's what people wanted, and I think it's a kind of thing of like uh, I was looking looking at this about Paper Mario. There is a quote from Iniwata asks where um, they talk about how uh, they had the Club Nintendo surveys. And nobody thought that the story of Super Paper Mario was interesting, which is was, I think I think the quote is not even one percent said they thought it was interesting, yeah, and really they good. took that survey, and that's why Sticker Star doesn't really have a story at all, um, because yeah. according to those surveys, people said that you know they didn't like story, which if you look at the vocal majority of Paper Mario fans, oh boy, that was not the right that that, that was not accurate. Um, and I feel like that's the same thing with those ugly mobile graphics with the Final Fantasy games is that there probably was some boardroom meeting or some marketing thing where it was just like, no, people like shit smooth. Yeah. Yeah. They they, they don't want to see the pixels. They want to see it be smoothed over. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the idea that pixel art uh, graphics or pixel art style like that, that represents, you know, uh, something old and antiquated and yeah. we need to move away from that. Uh, and the irony is that, uh, you know, so many indie games have embraced it and we're, we're seeing some of the most beautiful pixel art we've ever seen nowadays, which is really cool. You know, I love that. Uh, but we can't get that for a fall. Yeah, I, and, I, and I do and like it is the kind of thing where like, whereas I fundamentally disagree with the decision to make the pixels look shittier. I, you know, their their marketing research might not be wrong. I, I I'll give you this. I, I think what it should be if you were going to you know, remaster those games. Go the way of Romancing Saga three because I I love the way they did yeah. those characters uh, the, the 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 appearance of those characters and the the art style in that game I think is really gorgeous a really really nice kind of reimagining of the original pixel art uh, it, it's it's just clean it doesn't look you know like the ugly mobile sprites it just looks HDified and I I think if they did that for uh, Final Fantasy four five and six I think it'd be great I I, I think it'd be enough I have know? I have faith. Um... That's something that I actually think will eventually happen, and and mm. I think if you do look at how once again, like you you call that Romantic Saga three, um, if you do look at how Square has treated other games of that era, and also the fact that they they don't really have any other like modern Final Fantasy games, or I guess modern ish, any anything's post Super Nintendo, which to me is still kind of modern, I think, um, but 
Like, I guess 13 is the only one that really hasn't gotten a remaster yet. There is one that I want that's Uh-oh. that's not quite like it's been redone, but I like whether you consider it a remaster or not is is up for debate. I wouldn't mind seeing Final Fantasy Tactics. Like, oh like, yeah, totally. Re- oh redone. God, yes, totally. Oh please, please, I yeah. would, I would die. Like War of the Lions isn't is not a remake. Like no. it's almost like a retranslation. Yeah. Like a, it's like a tinkering of the original game. Like it's and they it, it even added in some worse parts, right? With the, yeah. the slowdown during during attack animations and spells. Like it's not a, in no way or form is it a definitive edition. And I've played yeah. both, but God, that game needs a remake. I'd now. love to see that like from the ground up redone though. Like I don't I don't yes, want I don't yes. want like a. Uh, and uh nicer looking like i would just want them to redo the whole thing like like almost like a fire emblem like make it look like that like yeah you yeah. know that, no, that's, that, would, that would be that be would great. be really awesome and that i mean yeah. but that is the kind of thing is that i it, it, you know i don't have the utmost faith in square doing it like 100 percent perfectly but i do think that judging by kind of like with the quintet games judging by square's recent history i think it is not out of the the realm of possibility to think that like specifically final fantasy four, five and six, that there might be, you know, some kind of more faithful to the original, uh, port to modern consoles, or, or maybe even, maybe they'll even attempt a remake of one of those games at some point, which, uh, Lord of mercy. Um, I, um, I know David's really pushing for a remake, especially one that changes the ending of FF6. Well, here's, wait until okay. you get to the uh, the Can end of the imagine? world. Of oh, let's no, we gotta end. We gotta end uh, on a on but, a positive. But like, note. I, I, like the I, game ends with the world of balance. Oh my yes. god! Can you imagine? I mean, <laughs> uh, that might be really metal. Um, but, yeah. Uh, but but it is like like I I I feel like in the next couple years, Final Fantasy four, five, and six. Uh, will will come out on modern consoles in some way shape or form i my my guess would be we get the original ver- i i don't think we would get the mobile versions i think we would get something closer yeah. to the original or, um, or something in I, between I, where maybe maybe yeah, they have it where yeah. you can switch between the graphics yeah that'd be good i i, I get it again i i, I would pr- i would really hope that they at, at least one of the options was what we see in romancing saga 3 like yeah. i think that would be the way to go with it um and then you you can you can you know, tweak you can you can use a different translation you could add some post-game stuff like you can have the, the just take the uh, game boy advance things with G- ports yeah and that, that's the one i've been playing like it's got an extra dungeon at the end some extra espers and stuff like that, that, that's enough people just love this game as it is yeah, well I, th- I think that's probably a good place to the only yeah. i'll add one last thing before we go um is that there was one remake that i'm actually um intrigued about and that's the near uh i don't know oh, if yeah, yeah. oh yes yes of course yeah like I'm, I'm looking forward yeah, to that because when is that coming out? Ooh, uh, does it even have a? I don't thing? know. I, is it, it that far I don't away? Know if they if they said 2020 uh, or not, okay. they may have. They yeah, may I'm, have. I, I'm not sure. I saw some but, concept. I saw some concept art recently, and my god, the, just the, I think the work they're putting into it. I can't, maybe it won't come this year because it it's like just a TBA top. Yeah. yeah, it seems like a top down remake, right? Like, well, and and they're they making do, it they more like automated. Yeah, which is great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm really looking forward to that. So you know, I wonder if it'll have the shooter sections too. I think it'd be funny. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think they were part of the original game. So. I'm sure yeah, they good, could. Oh, David, good good call on that one. That that's gonna be a uh, that's gonna be a great game. Yeah, uh, that'll that'll be a major uh, one that we cover for sure. Because I'm look really yeah. looking forward to that one. So if Casey doesn't buy a PlayStation Five for that game, I'm gonna buy one for him. <laughs> yeah, I don't okay. care. I'm not letting him miss out on any more action RPGs. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, this this feels like a natural place to uh, to sign off. So why don't you take us uh, take us home, Jordan? Sure, no problem. So uh, just want to thank everyone for joining us this evening while we talked about Trials of Mana and every other Mana game under the sun. Uh, look forward to the next 10 episodes of The Thirsty Mage covering every single one of those in chronological order. Yeah, um, Neil will be back uh, for his thoughts on uh, whatever uh, dozen games he's ordered in the series from <laughs> GameStop, I guess. So we look forward to that. Uh, in all seriousness, though, uh, Neil, thanks for joining us. Uh, it's always a pleasure to have you on. Um, but I, I know you've just posted your Super Mega Baseball 3 review. People can check that out on YouTube or on uh, NWR.com. Uh, is there something else you're working on right now, now that that, uh, that game's uh, wrapped up a little bit more? Um, I have a video that is tentatively titled, uh, Paper Mario Color Splash is Good, comma, Actually. Okay. So so get, get hyped for that. It's basically uh, going over... Um, my disappointment in Paper Mario Sticker Star, my initial disappointment in Paper Mario Color Splash, how much I enjoyed the Paper Mario games that preceded those two, and then revisiting Color Splash in 2020 and finding out that that game kind of rules. Um, and and I actually wrote a script for it before the Origami King was announced, and now I have to revise the script. Yeah, you got to go and tweak it, yep. Well, I mean, this is the time we live in, you yeah. know, the things are just getting announced left, right, and center, and... Uh, you know, without without scheduled Nintendo directs and and scheduled presentations, it's hard to know uh, uh, what uh, what the news is going to be the next day. Uh, so also uh, also uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One and Two. Holy Lord, it looks so good. Yeah, was, yeah, that that was a cool one. Yeah. I, um, I I thought what was funny about that announcement was that. Jeff Keighley kept like hyping up this announcement coming, and Tony Hawk like just spoiled the whole yeah. thing like hours before. It was his birthday. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, it's 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 his. It's a game it's all, in his it's likeness, also, you know. He... I I saw someone complain about like God skaters always break break embargo. I'm like, yo, it's Hawk. Dude can do whatever <laughs> he wants. Yeah, without him, the game yeah. is probably With, not. It like, probably and also exist, like so. like the fact that like he has carried a torch for that series and been like such a yeah. good steward of it, of it over the past mm-hmm. twenty plus years. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely a cool announcement. Uh, is that coming this year, Neil? Do we know? Or... Uh, September fourth. It has a release date. September. Okay, right on. Yeah, cool. So that's not too far away. Uh, David, what are you what are you working on for the mage right now? What what kind of videos do we have going up soon or gameplay? What uh, what's cooking? Whole lot of just whatever whatever indie games are striking my fancy these days. Uh, this will come out on Sunday, so I guess the last one I'll be posting is uh, on Friday. Um, Ghost or uh, Gravity Rider Zero. Okay. It seems like uh, a few motorcycle games have all come out at once, and I just happen to be playing them. So uh, that's that's the last review. If you want to check that out, um, uh, Jet Lancer review should be coming up shortly, and then uh, just the stuff that we're playing for the mage, I guess. And does Trials of Mana? I know Casey has been working on a review of that. Oh, that, yeah. that hasn't gone up yet, right? Yeah, or... it's up. It's up there. Okay. Yeah. So if you want to, if you listen to this podcast and you you still want to get some more Trials of Mana, or if you want to. Check it out. Uh, Casey's got his review up on the Mage YouTube, and then obviously there's uh, your your review at NWR's uh, mm-hmm. YouTube. Plus, you did the uh, New Game Plus uh, video, which is yeah, uh, that's very right. So, so once you once you get through the game, if you're if you're just curious if you should dive into New Game Plus, you can check that out on YouTube. Uh, Casey was going to join us tonight, but he wasn't feeling well. So, uh, if you want to hear his thoughts on the game, uh, head on over to the uh, Thirsty Mage YouTube channel. Uh, or is there a written feature on the website as well, David? You can check out that one or just the video one. Yep, yep. There should be one on there too. <laughs> I can't remember. If cool. I so if you <laughs> so if you prefer the written review, you can go to the thirstymage.com. Um, uh, we'd love if you, uh, left a review for the podcast on whatever app you're listening to us, uh, subscribe if you're not already, that would be great. 
uh, reach out to us, uh, David specifically, uh, David at the thirstymage.com is his email address. Let us know what games you want us to cover um, or, uh, you know, thoughts on the episodes. Uh, we'd love to get you guys involved in uh, some of the podcasts that we're doing. We've got a Pokemon uh, Yellow specifically, but also Red Blue we're going to be talking about next week. Uh, another crossover with the Talk Nintendo podcast. That's what we're planning anyways. Uh, so you can look forward to that coming. Uh, we're going to be uh, talking about Final Fantasy VI in a couple of weeks as well. Uh, I think Guillaume uh, if, of uh, Radio Free Nintendo is going to join us for that one too. So that'll be fun. Uh, I've been playing the Game Boy version of that. Uh, I've got a uh, one other thing I want to shout out. I've got uh, another Timeless Games entry coming up hopefully next week on the Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. So you can look forward to that hitting YouTube. Uh, and NWR, uh, some to, hopefully early next week, maybe Monday or Tuesday, something like that. But uh, I think that does it for us for this week. David, anything else? Yeah, I was just going to ask if uh, you happen to mention in that timeless thing about how uh, how a better version of that game was made on 3DS. I don't think that that ever came up because that's not true at all. But uh, <laughs> we can definitely debate that on the next episode of the Thirsty Mage. Uh, if you talk, I imagine you're talking about a link between worlds, and uh, which I think is a, I think is a fantastic game. But I don't think a link between worlds doesn't take away from a link to the past. I think a no. link to the past. Is still I'll, a I'll very be totally to honest. Is still timeless. Since we were talking about remakes, I think playing the Link's Awakening remake actually made me think Link to the Past is the best two D Zelda. Atta boy. I oh, I thought the exact same thing because I the exact same it's thing not that about. I don't think Link's Awakening is a bad game. Um, I think it's an awesome Game Boy game that being straight remade into HD graphics is very not becoming of that game. No, I I appreciated the Game Boy game more after yeah. uh, maybe even liked it more after playing the the remake of that. And like I played through the remake, it's not like it's bad. It's just that no, like it's, it's fun. It's, it's fun. It, Link's Awakening was a game that I used to kind of consider one of my favorite two D Zelda games. And I and I was always kind of like, well, Link to the Post is it got bettered by other games. Like I think I think Minish Cap is really dope, and uh, I like and Link, I to, like it a lot, Link yeah. to the Past is just fantastic, and A Link Between Worlds is yeah. also very good. Yeah, I I don't think that one takes away from the other. I think they complement each other really well. It's just Link to the Link Between Worlds is a nice kind of revisiting of that world, and and the non linearity of it is really cool too. Uh, but yeah, Link to the Past, definitely timeless. So you can stay tuned for that uh, that feature, that video going up next week. Of course, I'll I'll post that on Twitter, at uh, Riskman64. Uh, so you can follow me there and take a, take a look at that. Um, but I think that I think that does it for us for this week. Uh, so thanks again, everyone, for joining us. Uh, stay tuned for our next episode on the original Pokemon games. Uh, that's going to be a fun one. And then uh, I, think that, I think that's about it. So goodbye, everybody, question mark. <laughs> goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye.